For people who grew up with abuse and neglect, it's a huge day when you finally break free from entanglement with the negative aspects of your family of origin. And you actually have an effective boundary up against their ability to keep hurting you. You're safe and the only way that they can get into your life again is when you choose to connect with them. That's the ideal. But there's this one huge complication, and it's when there are other family members, especially minor children, who are still stuck in that house and still going through what you used to go through. And even knowing that this is going on can keep you from healing and from making the separation that you need to heal. So what do you do? My letter today is from a woman I'll call Marie, and she writes, Hello, crappy childhood fairy. First of all, I wanted to thank you. I'm 18 years old and have been living away from my family for a couple of years now. I found an opportunity to go to a boarding school and took it. The first year and a half has been really difficult, and although I'm still struggling to connect with people here and to find my place, things are looking up for me. I've got my pencil. I'm going to circle things uh, that I want to come back to on a second reading. I come from a weird and fractured household. My early childhood was really pleasant and warm because I had a loving mother. She was the best person I could have ever known and I think that her kindness protected me from the worst version of what, what could have happened later. My mother died when I was 13, oh honey, from leukemia, a type of cancer. My sister was 11. She was diagnosed a few years before that, and most of what I remember of that time is her going in and out of the hospitals. My father was devastated after her death. He was abused as a kid and had some neglectful, ignorant tendencies before, but after everything, he just closed up completely. And for a period of time, he was drinking heavily and gambling more than before, but I don't think he's an addict. It got better after a year or two. We were really close to our mother's parents too. They were hit the hardest. My grandmother got very depressed. After the initial shock, the fights between my dad and my grandparents started. My father had begun to date another woman secretly from them about eight months after our mother's death. He took us to her place regularly, asking to lie to our grandparents. This and some of the other things caused a lot of arguments between them, and we were forced to advocate both sides. They made up some kind of sick game of who should care for us and who is grieving the right way, and everyone crossed a lot of boundaries, and there was shouting and nasty comments and threats of violence. They trash-talked about each other and cried to us for hours, and there were my father's friends involved. There were other children of other women. <laughs> the whole thing was a mess. My whole adolescence at that time was dedicated to taking care of them, and especially my sister. I was very isolated, tired, and confused, but my sister got it the worst. She's a rebellious person, so my father got into huge fights with her. She still lived at home, and after I left, their fights became even worse. He hasn't been physically abusive often, but he has hit her a few times. And other times it hasn't happened because I stood between them and physically stopped it. My grandparents are more safe, but they can be very intrusive. They talk about my father and his new wife with hatred in their voices. And even though I love them and I am thankful for their care, I have to watch my every expression and word next to them because the tiniest comment or an expression can hurt them. Oh boy. Now I'm finally starting to feel like a person. 
I was lucky enough to start going to therapy secretly and it really helps me a lot. I'm finishing school next year and I want to get away from everything as far as possible, but I don't know if I can do that. I already know that I cannot fully protect my sister. I, I tried and had always ended up making things worse, but she is the most important person in my life. I could come back home and stay with her until she finishes school, but I hate the person I become there, and I fear that I'll never get out of it if I come back now. My father married his second girlfriend, and now they have a toddler. And it kills me to see how they parentify my sister the way I was parentified. It kills me when she calls me crying. It kills me to hear all the shouting and stuff throwing when I come back for the holidays. I feel like the worst person on earth for leaving her like that. And not just her. I know that everyone in my family is suffering a lot, and it was always my responsibility to help them. All of them are capable of kindness, and all of them raised me with care. There are still periods of calm, normal times, but worse ones are really hurtful. My grandparents are getting old and are chronically sick. My sister experiences abuse, and my father is clearly depressed and has a one-year-old at, at whom he sometimes shouts too. So my question is, should I go back and take care of them, um, at least of the children? My therapist says that I should not, but how can I live with myself then? I want them to be happy, but I'm not really ready to sacrifice my life. I don't know what to do, and I would really appreciate any advice. Thank you so much. Marie. Okay, Marie, gosh, first of all, I am so sorry about the loss of your mom and then about how everything has degenerated since then, and that you're in this position that you feel like you should maybe throw away your own, you know, path to go back and save the kids. So I am so relieved to hear you have a therapist. A therapist is somebody who is well aware of laws and when it's time to bring in outside intervention on a family situation. And I know how hard this is. You know, this has happened in my extended family too, where people have lost custody of kids. And some of us maybe thought that it should have happened sooner, but the thing is, when kids go into you know, a foster care system, it may or may not be better than the home situation. Like separating kids from their parents for kids is terrifying. For a 16 year old, I don't know, that's really different. Your sister is still in school and at 18, I would just say like, I, I can't see a scenario where you could properly care for her or get the right to do that away from the parents. What you can do is stay in her life. What you can do is work completely on yourself to really work on your own healing. Like sometimes when, we're, when, when somebody else is really counting on us, it lights that fire. Like my healing really accelerated when I had kids. Now by some logic you would say, don't have kids unless you're perfectly healed, but it seldom works out that way because we're never perfectly healed. And having kids really was a boost to my consideration of like, if this is not good for them, it's not good for me. So you have been in this situation responsible for others. And often what will happen to a young adult who's done that is after a couple years on their own, like when you're off at college, I hope, um, or whatever you're doing next, that now that you have a little bit of freedom, it's possible for, to have a really rough year or two 
where you don't have structure, you haven't had the chance to develop your preferences, your beliefs, your, um, you know, who you would like to be dating, perhaps like you don't have that. There's very little room for you to have developed that. So it's kind of like an, a developmental delay. And so it's really important that you get on your feet. You start to live your life. You have your mistakes. You have your successes. You learn from the school of hard knocks and the school of gracious blessings, how to do life. And perhaps, in two or three years, when your sister's a little older, you know, she, she may be able to get out of the house. It's kind of rare these days that people get out of the house at exactly 18. You sound very capable, but it's possible your sister's going to need a hand up. And so it doesn't sound very good, but I would completely be honest with the therapist and put it in the therapist's hands about whether outside intervention is necessary and trust what she says. This is her profession. I know that if you asked 100 therapists, you would get some variation, but you like her. It helps you. She knows your story and, uh, and she's giving you the best possible advice. And I agree with her. Focus on your life and then be ready to give a hand up to your sister because she's gonna need a big sister for many years to come. Right now, you're not in a position to get her out of the house. Or if you go back in, like you said, you don't like who you become. So if two people get destroyed, that's not helpful. If one person is going through what you've gone through in the past, but you're out there getting strong, now you two together, you are that much better because of the strength that you've built. So, you know, it's, it's now a cliche, but, on the airplane, they say, put on your oxygen mask before you put it on the child. You need your oxygen mask. Actually, I bet your therapist has used that metaphor with you too. It's a perfect metaphor, you know, of like I, you want to put the kids first, but if you can't breathe, you're no use to them. So that's what I encourage you to do. Meanwhile, if you want to work on your life right now, like it's coming, you're, you're getting out of school and you know, it's coming. And this is a great time to start to envision what would healing look like for you? What do you really want? So I have this thought exercise. It's called one year to heal. And it's sort of a joke because nobody heals in a year. It's a lifelong process. But if you had just one year of some, you know, magic question were posed to you, if you had one year to heal, what would you do? Like you probably have a lot of knowledge about what you need. There's a lot, you know, we're always like, we're beholden to the future. We don't know yet, but, but there's a lot of stuff we know and we're not really like working with yet. So it's an exercise where you can ask yourself the right questions to write down the things that you know you could be working on and then you get to pick some that should be priorities for you. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.